Support for Everything Explained comes from the College of St. Rose, Albany, offering a one-year MBA program for full-time and part-time students with evening courses to accommodate working professionals. Applications being accepted for spring and summer 2017 enrollment. strose.edu. GMOs, or genetically modified organisms, are one of the more controversial topics we're going to cover on this show. It's controversial due to the fact that pesticides and chemicals are used in the process of growing food. Activist groups do what they can to warn consumers about what they are eating and contributing towards. Industries that rely on such processes, such as Monsanto, argue that GMOs are safe, reliable, and beneficial to society and technology. This is Everything Explained, a podcast dive into the common issues discussed in the media. This week, we'll try to break down GMOs with WAMC's Joe Donahue, who spoke to the author last month on a segment on the Roundtable. In her new book, Modified, GMOs and the Threat to Our Food, Our Land, Our Future, journalist Caitlin Shetterly has turned her own personal journey into an exploration of how GMOs may be affecting not only our health, but our agricultural future as well. Shetterly begins with her own family ordeal. Her one-year-old son would have have bedtime episodes where he would cry incessantly, stop breathing, and turn blue, and his body was covered with eczema. A forward-thinking pediatrician added corn to the list of foods to cut out of the baby's diet to check for allergens, and his health problems all but disappeared. Then Shetterly herself began to suffer. She decided to research all this, which took her on a road trip through Nebraska and into Iowa, where she witnessed firsthand the changing face of agricultural America. She has just written the book Modified GMOs and the Threat to Our Food, Our Land, Our Future. The book is published by Putnam, and we welcome Caitlin Shetterly to the roundtable this morning. Thank you very much for being with us. I'm thrilled to be here. You probably don't know this, but I've been on your show before, and um, I am so psyched to be back. Well, I did know that, and we're psyched to have you back. Thank you very much. It makes it uh, it makes the pitch much easier when we know and love a guest. So, thank you very much for coming back. This I'm is thrilled. My family lives in Chatham, so I hope they're listening. Oh, I hope they are too. Uh, well, if not, <laughs> it'll be available online, and you can send it to them and make them listen to it. Okay, great. (laughs) Okay. So talk a little bit about the health issues that you experienced, that your son experienced, and how this ultimately led you to go on this this journey looking into GMOs. So I was sick for about four years, and my symptoms were really perplexing and autoimmune in nature. I had rashes, headaches, a constant head cold, exhaustion, arthralgias, or pain throughout my body. And for me, honestly, the pain was the hardest thing to take. My hands were stiff, and it was hard for me to um, button my little son's shirts or apply Band-Aids, and I was exhausted all the time. And I really felt sidelined as a mother. I felt like, um, I say in the book that I felt a little bit like Christina in that famous painting by Andrew Wyeth, that, you know, sort of happiness was just out of reach and all the time. And I would watch my son and husband go out in the world, and it was hard for me. So around that same time, I kept being suppositions. I saw every specialist out there. I exhausted everybody in the Portland metropolitan area, which is where I was living in Maine. And then I went to um, Boston. And every idea would be debunked or wouldn't work. I did a long um, trial with 
up for chronic Lyme disease, and I got worse and worse. And finally, an immunologist suggested that he thought he was seeing an uptick in cases like mine due to GMO corn, and he suggested I take corn out of my diet. I did so. I got better, and the question was why. And that really began the quest for this book because I'm not naturally a convert, and I don't go out proselytizing about things until I'm sure, and I'm still not sure. I went out and I started trying to understand what a GMO was. When he first told me this, I really didn't even know what a GMO was, and I know lots of very smart people who will bumble around when you ask them what a GMO is. And so I learned what a GMO was, and then I went and I talked to scientists and activists and farmers and beekeepers, and um, and I asked them, you know, about what we were doing to our agriculture and what we're doing to the planet, and it what resulted is modified my book. At what point, uh, and I'm just interested in a timeline, so when the doctor, the pediatrician, added uh, corn to the list of things that your child should avoid, how soon was it once you avoided that in his diet did you start to see changes? It was amazing. He went on this elimination diet, and um, almost immediately he was better. The eczema started to dissipate, and it went away, and he was better. He didn't he wasn't, I think he was in a lot of pain, like his stomach and, and his body. I don't know because he was one and he couldn't articulate it. Um, and then when we tried corn again, we reintroduced it and did our test, um, it, it, it came right back. So the question was, why? Um, why would that happen? And, you know, it, it could have just been a food sensitivity in his case. Right. Um, we just don't know. But we did take out corn and then eventually we took out corn from my diet, which it sounds like it should have been obvious, but it wasn't entirely obvious that I also couldn't eat corn. Um, and so then when I took it out, I finally got better myself. So what is it about the, the, the corn that affected your son, affected you, but perhaps wouldn't affect me or someone else who ate that exact same product? I can't, um, I can't answer that question. I think what we need to do is start to examine how we're growing these crops. And the revelation of the book is not the GMO itself. And I ask that same question throughout the book that you just asked me. And, of course, I don't have a ready-made answer. I basically say in the book that who knows, when we changed our diet to a more locally grown, completely organic locally sourced diet where we were buying grass-fed cow and we were buying, um, you know, dry beans and soaking them and vegetables from our local farmers and can't doing our own canning. Who knows what we got rid of that could have been making us sick. It could have been anything. And I'm very honest about that in the book. And I talk about all the different possibilities of things that could be making us sick. So what we, the revelation of the book is really not so much that it's the GMO itself, although that's one thing, and it carries its own toxin, its own pesticide, and the GMO corn, for instance, is registered by the EPA as a pesticide, not as a food, yet it's in almost every prepared food, and it's in waxes on our fruit, and it's in our water bottles, and the inside of our cups, and it's in baby food. But the real revelation of the book is that the promise of the GMO was that we were going to use less pesticides, and the exact opposite has happened. We're using, we are saturating the planet with these pesticides. And, of course, if you think about it, the GMO is made by the seed companies that also are, are the chemical companies, and they make the two to go together. 
Um, the GMO is bred to withstand the application of glyphosate and known carcinogen. And now with the Monsanto-Bayer merger, of course, they're going to make the medicines in case we get sick. So we are witnessing a time in this country where we need to really think about these issues. I um, recently interviewed two pediatricians who are studying environmental exposure in New York City, and both of them said the same thing, that we are testing testing this with our children. There is a 40% rise in new childhood cancers. We have um, an autoimmune and allergy epidemic, uh, obesity, ADHD, learning disabilities, autism, endocrine disorders, um, congenital birth defects, especially of boys, low sperm count. Um, you know, we, 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 we are in a situation in this country that we need to address, and the pesticides are a huge part of the GMO, and somehow that keeps getting left out of the argument. The name of the book is Modified. What specifically is being modified? Talk to us a little bit about the process of, of what the modification is and, and what they are trying to achieve by doing it. Okay, well, so the modification happens in a lot of different ways, but I'll start at the beginning. You take a seed and you insert some genes from another species. So a really easy one is to imagine is the you would take two things that would not necessarily mate in nature. So uh, a, a GMO that was made was a frost-proof strawberry, and it was made by taking some flounder genes, flounder the fish, and putting them inside a strawberry because the flounder can uh, you know, not freeze at the bottom of the ocean, and the idea was to make the strawberry frost-proof. So once you do this, you put these different genes inside something that some people posit that it's possible that that creates numerous proteins that we don't exactly know what's going to happen. We don't exactly know where those genes go into the cell of the, the host plant, say, and we don't know exactly how they're going to be expressed. Now, in the case of GMO corn, um, it's also, the, 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 the flounder in this case is a bacterium, and that bacterium is a is a pesticide. So when the corn borer, which is a little caterpillar, bites the corn, it gets septicemia, which is blood poisoning, and falls over and dies. What's interesting and important to understand is that the corn plant will then express that protein, or the, sorry, that pesticide, in every cell of its being. So it's not like you can't wash it off. These seeds are then also treated, you know, there are many other modifications that are made to them to be drought tolerant or to withstand the use of Roundup or glyphosate, um, which is the, the herbicide made by Monsanto. And then these seeds are also treated with neonicotinoids, which have been, um, some people believe, are, could be related to colony collapse disorder with bees. One scientist said the most important thing to me, I think, in the book, he said, um, Look, if it's designed to kill stuff, it's not going to be safe. They can't tell you it's safe if it's designed to kill stuff. And that was a real revelation to me because um, all of these pesticides are designed to kill something. And so the question is, how could those be safe for us? Now, we are modifying the environment. Once we make these modifications and once we spray these pesticides, everything is going to change right down the line. And what we need to understand is that we need all the microorganisms, we need the butterflies, we need the plants that are being affected by these crops because our own survival depends on those and depends on the ecosystem being healthy, and yet we are um, sort of eliminating um, 
entire parts of our ecosystem, and we do not seem to realize yet how tied our own health is to theirs. When it comes to our modification of the system that we have of getting away from GMOs, how much of an uphill fight is that? I really don't know. I really don't know. This is an important issue. I I think we should be talking about this issue in our election. We have 170 million acres of this stuff right now in America, at least. I'm sorry, say that number again. 170 million acres. Okay. We have, we've we've plowed up prairie and forest, and we are doing it all over the globe. We have over 90% of our corn is GMO. That's not including corn that's been contaminated, over 93% of soybeans. We have cotton. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What we know about GMOs and the research that has been done has largely been funded, as you point out in the book, by Monsanto and other big ag companies. Mm -hmm. Where does that leave the role of the government and the research that you believe they should be doing to either... Uh, combat that research, or at least take a different approach in the methods to the research? Yeah, so in this country, we pretty much assume that the industry will do their own testing, and then we ask them to tell us what they found, and they say it's safe, and we say, okay. The problem is all of our regulatory agencies are sort of their own little silos. They aren't talking to each other, and they don't have very much staff. One of the incredible revelations for me when I was writing the book was actually a, a, a guy who has been found. He was a terrific piece by Eric Lipton in the New York Times last year. Uh, he was connected to Monsanto. He's a scientist, but Monsanto has been giving him perks and giving his foundation perks in order to go out and basically give their message to the American public. And he basically said something really interesting to me. He said that these regulatory agencies don't have the staff, and they would have to back up two tractor-trailer trucks of research um, for each product. And, you know, the FDA, the USDA, the EPA, they, they, they can't look at all that research. So they have to trust the industry. And he said that he believes the industry would tell the truth about their own products. And so we need not worry. We should leave the science to them. Um, that's just not totally American of us. I'm not sure that we all get on board of that. I think that, that Americans want to answer things themselves and understand things. So I think um, that's really what a lot of this debate is about, is trying to get the information. That was WAMC's Joe Donahue talking to journalist Caitlin Shetterly on her new book, Modified, GMOs and the Threat to Our Food, Our Land, Our Future. If you enjoyed this episode of Everything Explained, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can, stop by, leave us a review. It actually helps us to make more podcasts just like the one you're hearing right now. For this podcast, which is Everything Explained, I'm Patrick Garrett.